Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. It is the 28th of April, 2022. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to the Faith Radio Network. This is Mornings with Carmen. Maybe you're listening online at MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. Maybe you're listening later in the day um, or, you know, even the day after. However you're listening, I am thrilled to be sharing this time with you. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I know that it's valuable and I don't want to waste a second of it. So I want to lead off this morning with just a couple of thoughts related to the days in which we live, and the truth. Um, What is truth? What does truth have to do with the conversation that we're having uh, here and now? I'm thinking here, obviously, about Pontius Pilate asking that question of Jesus. You know, Jesus is facing the wrath of the crowds, and Pilate is facing uh, the decision about whether or not to um, turn Jesus over to be crucified or to find a way to release him, recognizing that there's there's nothing that he's done worthy of of death. And in the middle of that conversation, Pilate says, what, what does the truth have to do with this? Like, I mean, what is truth? I think that uh, we are at a moment of truth in our nation. I don't think the battle for truth has ever been more public, and I don't think that the battle lines have ever been so clear. We have lots of issues facing us um, individually and in our families and as Christians in the culture today. And I think you can distill many of those conversations down to the question of truth. We acknowledge as Christians that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And for us, there is no alternative to seeking the truth, and then once it's discovered, aligning with the truth, and then speaking the truth to others in love and living the truth as a way of life. Like, we are bearing witness to the truth. I mean, that does get us into trouble from time to time. How do you, uh, you know, how do you dare to to, to, to say those things? Um, well, I dare to say those things because I can, like, literally do no other. So I just thought we'd just have a few reminders this morning of the markers of truth in a time of disinformation and misinformation and outright guile. Um, If something is not consistent with reality, then it's not true. If something's not consistent with the reality of who God is, it's not true. Um, If it's not good, it's not true. If it's not beautiful, it's not true. If it does not advance the gospel, God's great redemptive plan in Jesus Christ, it's not true. It may feel true. We might wish it were true. It might sound good. But if it's not true, it's simply not an option for us as Christians. For each of us, there are these moments of truth every day. Life is full of them. It might come as a question from the back seat or a diagnosis from the doctor or um, a knock at the door in the middle of the night. Moments of truth. 
moments of truth. You, um, you may face a moment of truth today. And it might be one of those moments with, you know, that you're going to look back on eventually and you're going to say that was, that was one of those hinge moments. That was a moment of truth. Um, do we dare to call out those we love when they are following that which is not true? I mean, do we call idolatry what it is? Do we point out to the people we love that um, what they're pursuing is not ultimately going to satisfy? I think that we are facing a moment of truth as a nation, and I think we each and every one of us face these moments of truth um, along life's way. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that this morning and encourage you um, as you face moments of truth in this day. Seek the one who is the truth, uh, the one alone who is the way and the truth and the life. And once you discover the truth, align with it um, and live the truth as a way of life. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Ben Johnson joins me next. This is my right, a right given by God to live a free life, to live in freedom. Joining us now, Ben Johnson. He is a writer for the dailywire.com. You can also find him online at the Rights Writer. Ben, welcome back. Good to be with you as always, Carmen. All right. So um, truth is that which aligns with reality. And yet we live in a time when there are people who believe things about themselves and others that clearly do not align with reality. And yet um, the courts in our country seem to be aligning with those who are deluded about reality instead of helping people to align their worldview with the truth. And so I just, I tee this conversation up because I'm hoping you can help us understand the times in which we live. I'm looking at uh, this court order uh, for the first gender affirming surgery for a prisoner who identifies as trans. Can you tell us what's going on here? Yes, this is a federal judge, uh, by the way, appointed by uh, Barack Obama, since that's uh, the judge who has been appointed has has uh, sometimes come into uh, the question in recent court uh, court uh, decisions. They've ordered the Federal Bureau of Prisons to pay for a uh, gender change surgery for a uh, convicted uh, someone who was convicted of threatening a terroristic uh, threat against uh, the UK government. This uh, transgender inmate is a a male who identifies as female. The last name is Iglesias. Uh, This uh, individual was convicted for threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction against the British government several years ago and has been petitioning since at least 2016 for uh, a gender reassignment surgery. And uh, Judge uh, Nancy Rosenstengel uh, ordered that the Federal Bureau of Prisons go forward with this. Uh, Of course, this uh, this is going on in in a uh, federal prison uh, while the uh, Federal Bureau of Prisons has a current uh, policy that inmates should be housed according to their gender identity, not necessarily according to their biological sex. So uh, this has created massive problems, as you can imagine, because there are no uh, there are no standards in place when it comes to your identity. You simply say, I, ad- I identify as a woman. 
And if you if you so identify, then you're placed in, in a women's prison uh, that has borne certain kinds of fruit over in New Jersey, where uh, in the Edna Mahon uh, Institute, Correctional Institution, two women have gotten pregnant uh, from a transgender man who identifies as a woman. Uh, that uh, that institution is being closed down by the governor, but uh, that which has been on the agenda for a very long time. But uh, you can see there there is a definite definite problem with uh, ignoring reality. And the idea that uh, the federal judge would uh, would order the Bureau of Prisons to pay for this surgery uh, also creates certain issues. Uh, obviously, uh, gender reassignment surgery is incredibly costly. Most people who identify as transgender do not have it. Uh, the average gender reassignment surgery costs $35,000. And of course, uh, like all prices, that's always rising. So uh, that is that's something that now the this federal judge has essentially created an incentive for people to commit crime and go to prison so they can have the surgery. Um, I'm thinking here um, about the Hyde Amendment, that legislative provision that bars the use of federal funds to pay for abortion. And I'm wondering if, you know, we might not see something like the Hyde Amendment. I mean, I don't I don't know. Is there a way to keep my tax dollars from paying for surgery for a person who is incarcerated, in this case since 1994, um, who thinks that I, as an American taxpayer, ought to pay for something that I believe is absolutely contrary to reality and the will of God? There should be. And, you know, of course, uh, Senator Tom Cotton introduced a bill back in January uh, to require that people be housed according to their biological sex. So that's that's step one is at least to keep everyone from living together in the same space and interacting and potentially creating new new uh, children. But uh, there should be legislation on the books. I think that most people would say gender reassignment surgery for prisoners is not a good use of federal tax money. It's not as though we don't have a 30 trillion dollar deficit right now. So this is this is a poor use of money in the first place. Uh, most people do not believe that uh, this is uh, a, a quote-unquote human right or that anyone should have the right to taxpayer-funded gender reassignment surgery. And, of course, right, what, talking... what it reminds me of, uh, yeah. uh, forgive me, just, just one quick uh, anecdote here, reminds me of the case of Richard Speck, uh, and that's that's a name that goes back a few years. He was convicted way back of murdering eight people. It was a very vicious murder in the uh, 1960s, put on death row, but uh, the Supreme Court at that time overturned the death penalty. While he was in prison, he took female hormones and he made a pornographic videotape in prison uh, with other inmates, uh, himself and other inmates taking drugs and doing other things. It's, it's incredibly explicit. It was eventually leaked after his death. But on that video, Speck says, if they only knew how much fun I was having in here, they would turn me loose. So I, I think that that creates a different kind of incentive, something that certainly does not align with the word justice. Well, on that on that bright, shiny note, um, we're talking with Ben Johnson. He's a media reporter for The Daily Wire. He also tweets at The Rights Writer. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Um, we're going to um, we're going to talk about a little bit about journalism and a little bit about advocacy um, and and a little bit about um, CNN. There you go. That's what's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. <laughs> We're talking with Ben Johnson. He's a media reporter for The Daily Wire. You can find what he's writing at dailywire.com. 
Um, ben, when we talk about the pursuit of the truth, when we talk about the information that is available to us, when we talk about trusted sources of information, you know, it's pretty confusing to know who is telling us the truth about what. Um, and so this uh, this article about CNN caught my attention. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about it uh, and, you know, sort of recognizing that I think all of this conversation related to CNN and its future emerges uh, following the the launch and then the very short-lived experience of CNN+. Plus. Yeah, I think that's called crash and burn. Uh, it was it was a really negative experience. Obviously, CNN put uh, an enormous amount of resources, uh, an enormous amount of uh, push and advertising and emphasis behind uh, this online streaming subscription service, CNN Plus. It lasted just over one month. Uh, of course, Chris Wallace left uh, Fox News in order to go there, and uh, many of the hosts who were on CNN. Uh, believed that they were going to have greater success with uh, variety shows and things of that sort on CNN+. Plus. They attracted about 10,000 subscribers. So as it turns out, when you have a network that is lingering behind home and garden television, people don't really want to pay for it if they're not watching it for free. That's a basic business model. And it's something that's understood, uh, frankly, by the incoming CEO. Uh, he, he, Of course, uh, Jeffrey uh, Zucker was, was uh, fired, as, as everyone is aware, at the end of... Uh, recent uh, at the, around uh, the end of the year. And what you ended up seeing was uh, all of the people who had been hired by Zucker came to his defense because they had transformed the network. Uh, Zucker had a background almost in reality television and uh, morning television uh, as well at NBC. And he was trying to bring about a kind of a, a, a carnival atmosphere on television. So that ended up uh, sort of culminating with Chris Cuomo interviewing his brother Andrew and doing the Smothers Brothers Act on television. It was funny, it was entertaining, but it definitely wasn't news. Uh, it wasn't objective, couldn't possibly be objective, and it was not journalism. Well, CNN's ratings have plummeted, as we know, over uh, many, many years, uh, coinciding largely with uh, Zucker's tenure uh, at, on the board. So, the uh, the network's been sold off. It's been purchased by Warner Brothers Discovery, and David Zaslav is the incoming CEO. Just uh, uh, just a few days ago, he was telling Oprah Winfrey what he has in mind. He says advocacy networks are great business, but CNN is in the business of journalism first. So uh, he's seeing a change in what CNN is going to be focusing on. Uh, and matter of fact, uh, uh, he's not the only one. His biggest shareholder, a, a billionaire named John Malone said a few months ago, and I, I reported this at Daily Wire at the time, he said, quote, I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism it started with and actually have journalists, which would be unique and refreshing. So the the idea is that CNN will go back to reporting, at least that's what's being imposed from the top down. Uh, we hope that uh, that actually comes about. And one of the things I found really encouraging, one of the things Zaslav told Winfrey is that, and this is a quotation, he said that uh, it, it all comes down to the facts. And then he said, quote, if we get that, we can have a civilized society. And without it, if it all becomes advocacy, we don't have a civilized society. The fact is, facts are what unite us. They're what ground us. They're what give us direction. Uh, they're what let us know how we can act. You know, we can make a prudential judgment based on facts, and we can come to different ideas about the interpretation of those facts. But we are not entitled to our own facts, and that is essentially the way that the media uh, ecosystem has been moving for, for uh, at least 25 years. 
So this idea that uh, CNN is going to go back to journalism, at least it signals that uh, the people who are in charge recognize that there's a problem and they're taking action, hopefully, to solve it. Yeah, but this is ultimately going to be a personnel issue. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that if you've hired people f- because they are good at um, spinning a, so- a story in a particular uh, direction and bringing their um, personal viewpoint, uh, advancing their personal viewpoint, uh, you know, on on a cable station. I don't. I mean, you're going to have to fire those people if you're going to return to journalism because there's an awful lot of people who are on air for CNN, who are not journalists, and what they do on air is not journalism. No, it's going to require a root and branch transformation of what they're currently doing. Uh, most of that was brought in uh, either by uh, by Zucker or by um, um, uh, changes in policy that had come about largely during his tenure. Uh, but I've always had problems with CNN, of course, uh, back in the uh, as, as far back as 30 years ago, we called it the Clinton News Network. So there is baked in bias, uh, even within what would be considered typical reporting and not just to CNN, but NBC, ABC, CBS. Uh, this has been going back for decades. But uh, at a minimum, you you have the bias in a more subtle way uh, in, in, for example, the wording that's used or the choice of experts or things of that sort. And you know it's a bit more subliminal. This is just beating you over the head with their viewpoint. And I think that he wants to take that uproot and branch. Uh, so hopefully that, uh, that will mean a large turnover of people who are no longer going to be uh, uh, opining on the air and instead are going to be uh, giving facts. Now, we'll see if that actually comes about. By the way, I think that there is a great alternative to CNN. Uh, and, and not simply, of course, there are many, uh, many very good um, very, very good uh, uh, networks on the air, uh, many of them from a conservative perspective, some of them from a Christian perspective. Uh, of course, there are many Christian news outlets, and this is this being one of them. But uh, for, for those who are looking for a, a sort of a secular television station uh, that also happens to uh, hew primarily to the facts, uh, News Nation is doing a fantastic job of that, Dan Abrams Network. So uh, they have done some some very good job in being down the middle uh, and unbiased. So I'm I'm more impressed with uh, them. We'll see if CNN can revert back to this. But as we've seen uh, with Twitter recently, sometimes new ownership can dramatically change the platform in a quick, uh, very quick succession. All right. If you want to find um, the the network that Ben just talked about, NewsNationNow.com, NewsNationNow.com. Um, good opportunity for you to you know see what's happening in headline news, really without the spin, and that is um, that's very very helpful. Um, thanks for thanks for bringing us that, um, Ben. As always, we appreciate it. Ben Johnson with the Daily Wire. You can find him at DailyWire.com. You can also find him on Twitter. He tweets at the rights writer. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. So what are your prayer concerns today? Um, how can I be praying for you? I trust that you are praying for me. Trust that we're all praying for God's name to be glorified, for the gospel to be extended to more and more people, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
praying for the needs and concerns of our neighbors, our our friends, praying for those whose eyes are blinded to the truth, praying for um, Christ to be manifest in uh, in us, through us, in our midst. Some of you have asked, you know, how, how do I um, practically pray? So on May the 4th, um, we're going to do a live event at MyFaithRadio.com on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. We're going to do a live event, um, and I'm just going to basically be walking through some very practical encouragement in terms of prayer. So um, be looking for that. And then on May the 5th, we are going to um, be in the midst of the National Day of Prayer. It's just one week away. And so joining us next is Kathy Branzell. She heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. We're going to talk about praying for the nation, how you can get involved. um, And we're going to be talking practically about prayer. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for your support of the Faith Radio Network. Thanks to generous donors like you, we are able to work towards our mission of leading people to Christ and nurturing believers in their faith through media that is Christ-centered. That means each show and feature we air points us to Jesus. And our website is filled with wonderful articles and resources that will equip and encourage you in your faith. Find out more online at MyFaithRadio.com. Kathy Branzell is back from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You can find National Day of Prayer resources at nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, friends. Good morning. All right, one week. I I can't even imagine what the countdown is like for you. (laughs) I hear every TikTok of the clock. So remind us, um, remind us what's happening, invite us in. Maybe there are people listening who've never heard of the National Day of Prayer. Um, How can we get involved? Uh, I'm so excited. So by law, on the first Thursday of every May, the president must call the nation to a day of prayer for the nation. And this will be the 71st observance since that law uh, that resolution was signed into law by President Truman in 1952. We are so grateful. And some people are thinking, Kathy, you can't do math. It's your 70th anniversary. Anniversary, yes, but 71st observance because 1952 was number one. And we are so grateful to live in a nation where prayer is on the law books and the National Day of Prayer Task Force that I have the incredible privilege of getting to be the president for the last three years. We have um, the great honor of steering and stewarding the Judeo-Christian expression of that day. And so tens of thousands of events are going to happen in communities 
all across America, all 50 states, and the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. We then have other nations that are praying for us. We are so grateful. Um, And so you can go to an event in your area. We want to encourage you to pray with your family first thing in the morning. Tell your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, hey, today is National Day of Prayer. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to work, hey, today is National Day of Prayer. How can I pray for you? Uh, There's so many things. I'm used to you and I just having a conversation, but I'm overflowing because there's so many opportunities for that day. And then the broadcast that evening, and they can hear it right here uh, on Faith Radio, on your Facebook page. We're so grateful to, uh, to have our broadcast this year as we exalt the Lord. Um, go out over our favorite radio stations, uh, streaming, television, or 220 nations uh, will be receiving uh, our broadcast so that we can pray together. We should talk more about that, but I'm going to stop and breathe so you can talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, in case people missed it, just to highlight again, however you're listening right now, you're going to be able to listen to the National Day of Prayer Live broadcast um, because we're going to be broadcasting it here on the Faith Radio Network. Going to be, uh, you can link to it from the Faith Radio website. Um, you'll be able to actually watch um, you'll be able to watch it there on their live stream um, and on our Faith Radio Facebook feed. So y- however you're listening right now, you'll be able to listen. And if you want to watch, um, you can do that uh, at MyFaithRadio.com, which will then link back to the National Day of Prayer broadcast. Um, and, you know, or you can watch it on our Facebook feed at Faith Radio as well. So we are partnering with the National Day of Prayer. We're excited to be doing that. Um, thank you for asking us and inviting us in in that way, Kathy. When you think about um, the way the, the plans in place, right, what are people going to experience um, in, that, uh, in that time when we're all getting together to pray, um, you know, as one? What, what are they going to experience? Yeah, so um, it's so funny uh, when you think about watching uh, a prayer gathering, but prayer is caught, not taught. You you hear that. Um, it's not just a whimsical statement. There's a lot of truth to that, is that you learn to pray by praying with other people. You learn to pray um, by listening to the prayers of others, and there is power in agreeing prayer. And so first of all, what you can expect is for your prayer life to grow. You're going to um, hear a lot of praise. You know, our theme this year, we've talked about it and talked about it. Thank you. It's exalt the Lord who has established us. And our heart for that day is that the throne room of heaven will be so filled and overflowing with praise. Um, and and so you, you might hear some uh, new attributes of God that you haven't thought about in a long time. Your hope will be strengthened. Your faith might be renewed. Uh, division might be healed. That's our prayer for the day. Uh, but you're going to get to experience hearing other people pray for 90 minutes in brief prayers. And, uh, and I just pray that it'll strengthen your prayer life. It'll strengthen your faith, and um, and we know that the heart of God is going to be delighted as he is glorified in every moment of that day in our prayer gatherings across the nation. 
Kathy, I'm wondering um, if we could just read the Colossians 2, 6 and 7 um, verses that, you know, are at the center of this conversation this year, the highlighted verses, um, because I know that one of the things you've been doing on the website is you've been praying through these two theme (laughs) verses thought by thought. And so I want to talk about a couple of those thoughts, but I think we should read the entirety of the two verses. So could you do that for us, Colossians 2, 6 and 7? Yes. Uh, This is from the New American Standard uh, Bible. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So you can see how um, using those verses, you could you could parse them out, you know, like line by line, thought by mm-hmm. thought. Um, yep. You and I could linger just on what the therefore is therefore. We could yep. linger on as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a pretty profound question, right? That's right. Um, if I haven't received Christ Jesus as Lord, um, then I am certainly not going to know how to walk in him, which is the next mm-hmm. part. What does it mean right. to walk in him? And then what does it mean to be firmly rooted and being built up in him? What does it mean to be established in your faith? Then there's this phrase, just as you were instructed. What what does that mean in terms of discipleship, in terms of mm-hmm. the Great Commission, in terms of who we are and how we understand Christ? And then what does it mean to be overflowing with gratitude? So you can pray through and study through um, this year's National Day of Prayer theme verses. And if you want to walk with Kathy through those, that's what she's doing right now at the nationaldayofprayer.org website. Um, a couple of um, of these conversations to highlight. Let's look at the post on just as you were instructed. Can you can you mm. lead us into, you know, a little bit of the study of this portion of the theme verse? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you mentioned for us to be thinking about, um, as you were instructed, how has God discipled you? How have you been discipled? How have you been instructed? Uh, the word disciple is pupil in the original language. And so realize as a follower of Jesus, and we were commissioned to go and make disciples, we were, we were commissioned to go make other pupils. Uh, not just decision makers, but disciples who learn something new about Jesus every day, who discover him, experience him, uh, are are disciplined by him, commanded by him. Every single day we get this instruction book of life ongoing through life. And so I, I don't know about, well, I do know about you because you and I are good friends. There are lessons in our lives that we learn the hard way that we never want to go back and learn again. We want to put them into practice. We want to remember them. Uh, and so how have you been instructed in life? You, you guys hear me uh, share some of those things as we talk each month. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes you have to give up being right to be righteous. Uh, all, all What does love require? These are all lessons that uh, God has taught me that are deeply rooted in Scripture. Uh, He will never instruct us in any way that opposes His Word, His will, His way. 
And so really stopping um, in that one piece to say, how have I been instructed? What do, uh, what, what have you said to me in prayer? Uh, what have I heard in the scripture? What have I heard in Bible teaching uh, pastors and speakers? What have I heard on faith radio that has reminded me of the way that I should walk in the Lord? I think that when we uh, when we consider passages of scripture that um, that we ought to dwell on and then dwell in these mm. verses from Colossians two six and seven are um, I mean they provide some of that so I'm going to read it again therefore as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him. And established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, what is it when you think about um, overflowing with gratitude? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things, Kathy, that come to mind? Well, go back through the entire verse, and um, just as you have received Christ Jesus. You could overflow with gratitude. I mean, you know, that that's a prayer retreat right there. Uh, just writing down all that we have received in Christ Jesus and and how Oh, all right. I think we've lost our uh, connection briefly to Kathy. So um, I want you to consider this for just a moment. When we when we think about the um the things uh, for which we are overflowing with gratitude. What makes your list today? Let's make a gratitude mm-hmm. list to the Lord, our God, today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. When we come back, uh, Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer will rejoin us and we'll continue our conversation. I pray for your healing. The circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus. Continue our conversation with Kathy Branzell. She heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You can find all the information you need to participate in the National Day of Prayer at nationaldayofprayer.org. You're going to be able to uh, listen on the National Day of Prayer to their broadcast right here on Faith Radio, however you're listening now on the app or online at myfaithradio.com or on one of our live broadcast signals. You're going to be able to listen on May the 5th. Um, just as you're listening right now to the National Day of Prayer live broadcast. And we're also broadcasting um, the, 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 I want to call it the video portion, but the entire broadcast um, uh, on video platforms as well via the Faith Radio website and our Faith Radio Facebook feed. So go ahead and mark your calendar and plan to participate in a National Day of Prayer gathering in your own community and then in the nationwide event that evening. Kathy, take us back into um, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. You've been unpacking these verses um, thought by thought at nationaldayofprayer.org. Um, maybe talk with us a little bit about being established in faith. Yes. So, um, again, there's you take the verse, verses all together. Remember, this was a letter uh, to the Colossians and to, to, um, to just knit them together. So as we were talking before, uh, before the break <laughs> that, 
uh, we're overwhelming with gratitude because of uh, all we've received in Christ Jesus and um, that we've been deeply rooted, that we are being built up in him, all reasons to overflow with gratitude, that he has established our faith, that he is the author and perfecter of our faith, that our faith can be steadfast because we have received Christ Jesus. Nothing can break that. Scripture tells you uh, nothing can separate you from the love of God. You have abundant life and you have life eternal. No, n- no enemy can take that from you. It can't be stolen. Um, and so he has established faith, your faith. Uh, it cannot be shaken. It cannot be stirred. Uh, you are fixed in him. And you're established in that. And so that is the foundation of your life. Those are the deep, deep roots uh, that are fed by living water. And so as the world swirls around you, I think we've talked about this before. It's been a, an image in my prayer life of a snow globe. And, and snow globes, you, you usually purchase them for whatever is fixed in the center of it. Uh, whatever the focal point is, it doesn't move when the ball is shaken, no matter how hard you shake that globe and snow or glitter or whatever it is swirls and falls, but the fixed point stays fixed. And that's a picture of how our faith, how we stay steadfast in a world that swirls and shakes like a snow globe, sometimes on a daily basis. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, the, the the snow globe analogy is a really, really good one. Um, when I think about being established in faith, I think about the firm foundation. I think about mm-hmm. the rock in the midst of shifting sands. Um, yep. I think about um, that which is immovable and unshakable. And so every time that I, you know, if I start intentionally thinking in this direction. I'm obviously thinking about the reality of God, not the reality of the circumstances of my life. Um, that right. The, um, the waves rising around me are really scary. That does not look like solid ground. I think of Peter, right. Stepping out of the boat by the command of Christ to walk on the water. And then when he allowed his attention to fall, um, you know, fall upon the waves and probably considered his own humanity, like, like, you know, and what he knew about gravity and water, you know, he's probably like, this doesn't make any rational sense. Like I, you know, and yet in Christ, he could do it. Right. Right. Um, Right. And apart from Christ, he couldn't. And so I just think that there are, um, there's a perspective Mm -hmm. of being established in faith And I'm not standing, you know, I'm not standing there by my own power. And I'm certainly not standing there um, by my own ability. I'm standing there because Christ has said, stand here. And when you can't stand, I will stand you. Like, right? Right. Established in my being established in faith. It's not that my heart's not, you know, uh, still malleable to God. Um, it's not that I've become stiff-necked and hard-hearted. It's that mm-hmm. I have become established um, in the reality of who Christ is and what he has done. And from this, I shall not be moved. Right. We're not sinking. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, and, and that's my There's such prayer. great verses. 
I, I just pray. I have so many prayers for May 5th for national day of prayer. Um, but I pray that it launches a lifestyle of these verses, that it launches a lifestyle of praise, exalting the Lord every single day um, in every circumstance, that our prayer life, as we go through the day praying continually, that our go-to wouldn't be grumbling, wouldn't be complaining, wouldn't be fear, wouldn't be anxiety, wouldn't be doubt or insecurity, that um, we would be established in our faith daily, no matter what is happening, because our lips are filled with the praise of God. Um, and remember that praise, as we exalt him, that's praise. And praise um, speaks his unchanging attributes. It's who he is. And so he is established. He established his throne in heaven. He established the foundations of the earth. He established the work of our hands. He is immovable and unshakable and unchangeable. And we are established in him, for him through him and we walk in him hmm. that's you're gonna a love, life worth living <laughs> yeah you're gonna love this input um from a listener so thank you so much um uh, to a friend out there who just said hey for me being rooted and grounded in love or, or being established means being rooted and grounded in love mm. i skipped the first part i'm so sorry um they go on to lift up first John four eight, Ephesians three seventeen, and then, you know, obviously Colossians two, six and seven is uh this amplification of that idea. So um people are working on it, they're noodling through it, they're making the the right biblical connections out there. Um so thank you um so much for your contribution to the conversation today. Kathy, um how can we be praying for you in this week in the lead up to May the fifth? Uh, well, I'm just going to be really human right now and just ask for you to pray for Holy Spirit energy. Um, we, we will be in Washington, D.C., our National Day of Prayer staff and board of directors. We will be hosting five prayer gatherings in 24 hours uh, from Wednesday night to Thursday night. And so if you will just pray that we are guarded and guided by the Holy Spirit and strengthened um I would deeply appreciate that. And um, but most of all, if you would just pray that no enemy, no, no person, uh, no uh, opinion, nothing would steal the praise and the glory of the Lord on the National Day of Prayer. Um, those are my those are my prayer requests. Kathy, we're going to be praying with you, um, and we're going to be praying for you. So thank you um, so much. Uh, we're going to specifically pray for you during the program on May the 4th. Uh, I'm going to do that so that folks are reminded um, and and join me in entering uh, in into prayer for you and for all of these events. Again, Kathy Branzell, thank you so much. Nationaldayofprayer.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio.
All right. Um, I think I've been uh, rightly, um, uh, rightly encouraged. I'm going to take. I'm going to use that word to encourage. Right means to come alongside one another. Uh, and sometimes embolden and sometimes correct. And so thank you for the encouragement this morning on the text line. Uh, more than one um, person heard my conversation, the early part of my conversation with Ben Johnson, um, uh, you know, as as unnecessarily biased against one particular broadcast network and uh, and not sufficiently concerned with other broadcast networks, um, you know, who might uh, be biased from another perspective. So um, you're right. You're right. I don't, I'm I'm frustrated with all of them. Let me just go ahead and go on record and say, pretty much if it's broadcast media, I'm frustrated with it. I wish there were more journalists, actual journalists, and fewer commentators and entertainers um, on what are called news networks from the right to the left, um, all the way across the broad spectrum. Uh, you are right. So who do I depend on? Who am I reading? Where am I turning? Um, increasingly, I am dependent on Axios and News Nation, um, which uh, Ben brought up as well. Um, they're clearly not, quote unquote, conservative or, or, quote unquote, liberal. They're trying to be journalistic, actually delivering news. Um, and so, yeah, I, I confess that sometimes my frustration with one shows more than my frustration with others, but I'm actually kind of frustrated with them all. All right, let's be people of truth Thanks pursuing for listening the to this truth. We've got another mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at myfaithradio.com.